It's time once again for another episode of All That's Jazz, the podcast that explores everything in the world of jazz. And here now is your host, Alan Scott. Hello and welcome to another episode of All That's Jazz. That's the sound of the incredible trumpet talent of a young rising star, 19-year-old Grace Fox, who has debuted an album release through Next Level, an imprint of Outside in Music, in partnership with Blue Collar Records, and it's called 1107. It features an amazing, groundbreaking all-female ensemble, the Grace Fox Big Band. In today's episode, we will explore the music of this outstanding release and, of course, the story behind this gifted young woman, Grace Fox. Grace, thanks for joining us on All That's Jazz. Thank you for having me. So tell me, uh, I, I, I'm thoroughly impressed, and I, I must say that uh, after listening to the release of this music, first of all, I, I think it truly embodies the, the wonderful big band sound of another era in music and it is just amazing quality and you've assembled an incredible group of young women and older women i understand it's uh, quite diverse in nature and so forth let me ask you first about the title 1107 is that something that happened at a certain date or time in your life Going into the recording process, I was not dead set on a title for the album. So we recorded at, at Milk Boy, the studio in Philadelphia, and most of the women stayed in a hotel. And the first room that we went to was room 1107. Um, and that was um, Janelle Finton and um, Cal Ferretti's room. They were, they were rooming together there. And that kind of just became like the hangout spot. For, for everyone. So after recording or before recording, we would message in our group chat, like, can we, can we all see each other? Like, let's go to room 1107. So that's where the, the main portion of the, the bonding took place just after, you know, long recording sessions, long eight hour uh, sessions. That was just like our safe place to just relax and, and talk to each other. And, um, yeah, that, that was uh, an important room for us. Obviously so, because uh, you have titled your release 1107, and that's a fun story. I, I like that. Tell us a little bit about yourself before we jump into the album and this ensemble that you've created for 1107. Where, where did you get your inspiration and start in music? I started taking Black American music seriously in, in high school, I guess my sophomore year of high school. And I, I had a, a very great upbringing, a uh, great, great uh, jazz director, Earl Phillips. And he helped me fall in love with, with the music. And I just enjoyed creating and playing so much. When I got out of high school, 
I, I spent my first year of college at uh, Rutgers University, and I I came across the International Sweethearts of Rhythm, and it, it, it completely changed the way that I look at music because growing up, I, I played music, you know, written and, and performed by by men. So I definitely felt that I was in like a niche category, and I, I definitely didn't feel like maybe, you know, maybe that wasn't my place. But through finding bands like the International Sweethearts of Rhythm and the, the Diva Jazz Orchestra was, was really inspiring to me. So I, I decided, you know, to set, a, to set a, a, a goal for myself, which was, I guess, two years ago. The 10-year plan for me was to have my own, like, all-female all big band and, and here we are two years later. <laughs> well, you've done a great job in uh, putting this all together, but where did the trumpet come into play? I, I guess I, I started playing the trumpet nine years ago and taking it seriously about five years ago. My, my grandfather, who passed when I was very young, was the drum major in his uh, high school's marching band, and he led a drum corps, and he played the bugle. So when it when it came time for kids to to pick instruments at school, I think it was like fourth grade or fifth grade. My mom was was kind of pushing the the brass instruments because her father played you know the, the bugle, and um, I was kind of in between the trombone and the trumpet, and I I just picked the trumpet. There was just something about it. I was kind of called to it, and um, that was a good decision. <laughs> So you went to Cherokee High School is uh, the name of the school, I believe. And you were influenced there by a band director, Michael Lynch? Yes. Um, Mike Lynch uh, was, was one of the band directors, uh, Mike Lynch and, and Earl Phillips. And while you were there, did you do competitions with the different bands around either the state or the region and so forth? Yes, I mean, I, I was I was heavily involved uh, in in that program, um, both in the the classical world and, and the jazz world. But we we would um, there was no time to kind of take a breath during this the school year because you know the, the in the summer it was hev- heavily marching band season and we would have competitions there. And then, you know, in the, the wind ensemble and the wind band, we would compete then. Um, and then, of course, the jazz band would, would compete as well. And the, the jazz band was, was um, great. It, it, it was a really great program. It still is. So earlier you had mentioned the fact that this was kind of a dream for you to put together an all-female orchestra or a big band. And... How, how did it all come together? You have a, not only a multi-generational, but you also have a multi-ethnic group as a part of the Grace Fox Big Band. Where, where and when did this start all coming together? Well, I, I, I got the, um, the call from, I actually went to high school with my, um, one of the label heads um, from the le- record label that were uh, associated with uh, Blue Collar Records. And, and when she kind of gave me the go-ahead for this whole project, um, the first person that I had in mind for this band was uh, Brianna Crockett, uh, our drummer. And I went to high school with her. So we, we grew up playing um, music together, and we, we grew together. So she was, she was the first person that I, that I asked, and that was the only person that I've 
known personally before starting this experience. So we connected through social media. Um, This was during the height of the pandemic. And I started like an, an Instagram account to log my, my, my practice playing, playing my, my trumpet with, with hopes of gaining enough of a following to be able to reach out to these other musicians with, with followings as well. So it it was kind of a a large plan from, from the very beginning of creating an an account. So the, the, you know, the first person was, was Brianna. And then um, I reached out to uh, Kellen Hannis through, through Instagram as well. And then I kind of connected with the other musicians. Uh, they were mutual friends of, of Kellen, and it just grew from there. But it, everyone still has that first direct message in their, in their um, Instagram saying, you know, my name is Grace, and I'm recording an album, and I'd love for you to, to play on it. And pretty much everyone said, I would love to, without even, you know, some have never heard of me some most of them have never met me but they believed in it so much that they were so excited and meeting for the first time um the first day of recording it was such a familial like a sisterhood kind of um bond which i i was really that was really important to me it is as a band leader to have a great vibe um, going in, in the band and ha- making sure everyone is comfortable. And I, I also wanted to make sure that everyone coming in knew at least one other g- girl in, in that band um, to, to make everyone, you know, as comfortable as possible. And I, I would say that we achieved that pretty well. So you were all virtually getting together initially and did you audition people, or, or was there a, a long list that got down to the short list kind of thing? Or was it everyone that jumped in became a part of the Grace Fox Big Band? Uh, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I had like a 10-year a plan to, to make this, this thing happen. And I have in my notes app um, a list of personnel that I, that I had wanted um, and I reached out to all of them, and all of them said yes. There were no auditions. It was strictly off of either I've heard them play live or I've heard them um, through their, their social media, and, and that, that was it. In getting together, I, it, it sounds to me like not only were all of you clamoring for an opportunity to play music and to come together, but maybe also with the same goal in mind of creating an all-female jazz ensemble that would make a statement. Is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. I mean, some of these women are well into their careers and have never played in an environment like, like that. And it's playing, playing in, a, in a band with mostly men like that, there's there's nothing wrong with that you know like i've i've had wonderful experiences playing with 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 um my male colleagues and but i i think that it is important to show the next generation of of um women in in this music yes yes everyone um it, it was a just again just a sisterhood well <laughs> 
sister, you've done well. <laughs> it, it's quite amazing. The The sound that all of you create is, is rich. It's one of those kinds of musical adventures that just grabs you and takes a hold of you, and you can't help but not want to hear more. I mean, that was my very first impression right out of the box. It's like, wow, this is absolutely stunning. How long did it take you to kind of gel together like that? I mean, it sounds like you guys have been playing for years as opposed to just a short period of time. We only had four days together. Um, there were four, like, eight-hour sessions, and that was it. I, I mean, the the band has been playing together for four days. <laughs> wow. It, it sounds like four decades, truly. And, and I'm not saying that just to appease you or what have you. I mean, it truly is a wonderful sound. Uh, and to have everyone uh, playing on the same level, including... Uh, the fact that you have young people and older people established in the career, as you had said. When you were putting this all together, did you do all the arrangements? And I know you didn't do all the compositions. There are a couple of your own compositions in there, and we'll go through some of the tracks in a little bit. But what was the inspiration or the, the basis for putting together the recording? So there, there is one... Um chart on the album that we just released as our single um which is i just found out about love and i've I've always loved that tune and i, I think it's a big band classic so I, I wanted to include that in the album to show the versatility of of this band because there are charts straight ahead swing charts like that um and then there are other charts such as um sterility for example which is um, my composition and it is very close to the end of the spectrum from I Just Found About Love in terms of modern modern sounds. So the the structure of the album is, I would just call it um, versatile. But, but yes, uh, there are a few arrangements in there. Um, and um, I was very grateful to have had my sister um, sing on, on the album. So she was our vocalist, uh, Alexis Fox. Um, she's my older sister. She's 10 years older than me and I uh, she sings on I just found out about love and she sings on stars uh, which is our the last tune on the album and I when I was writing the album I called her one night and I, I told her I, I would love for, for you to sing she has an amazing voice um, and she's she's an English teacher <laughs> she's not really uh, in you know music but she's definitely really talented. Um, and she was a, a very important uh, figure uh, to me as a, as a child. And she had a big part in, in raising me. And I am who I am because of her. And um, I'm very grateful. So I, I called her up one night and I, I told her, I, I would love for you to sing. Can you send me um, a song that is important to you? And she sent me Stars by, by Nina Simone. So I arranged that for her. Stars, they come and go. They come fast, they come slow. They go like the last light of the sun all in a blaze. And all you 
see his glory But it gets lonely there when no one's there to share You can shake it away If you'll hear a story And I uh, explained that meaning to the band, and that that is why Stars is the last uh, tune on the album. Is because it is um, it, it it's it says a lot. We're like really telling a story in that one, and I'm especially proud of that of that chart. And your sister, Alexis, as you said, also can be found on the track, I Just Found Out About Love. And uh, that's really uh, quite a, uh, I think, a wonderful arrangement uh, of a classic. Was this something special to her as well? It sounded like she owned it. Yeah, there's an interesting story with that one. Originally, we had two singers on the album, and... Stars was for my sister, and I just found out about love was for a, a different uh, jazz vocalist. And the night before the recording, that singer fell through. So I called my sister. This is like eight hours before the studio session. I called my sister and I said, we just lost our vocalist. Can you sing? I just found out about love. And my sister, not super familiar with the tune, she handled it in the most professional way. I was so impressed. She said, yes, it'll be, it'll be in great shape in eight hours. She did it in two takes, I think. That's amazing, and it sounds uh, absolutely stunning. Yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of her. So your band, correct me if I'm wrong on this, consists of five trumpets, four trombones, five saxophones, and a rhythm section besides your sister Alexis doing vocals. That's a pretty sizable group. If I had the resources, I would have loved to have added a... Uh, a flautist and a and a vibraphone player. I just love that sound as well. But the more the merrier. <laughs> and when you all came together, you were at Milk the Boy Studios in Philadelphia for this. Yes. What was the reaction, by the way, of the uh, audio engineers while you were throwing this together? Our audio engineer at the time, they were different than our now producer, uh, Ulysses Owens Jr. Uh, which we're so fortunate to have on the project. But in 
the studio, the the producers were they had never recorded a big band before. The, everything about this project was brand new, including the label. This was the the label's first project. So everyone was kind of freaking out a little bit, but keeping their cool. And my two, the the label heads, uh, Isabella and and Gary, through the chaos, I I think they found comfort in in knowing that we knew what we were doing and we we sounded great. (laughs) Um, So that I think that was kind of like a blanket for them, like, okay, there's a lot of uh, technical things that we need to work out on the production side, but the band, they're in good shape, so we don't have to worry too much. Yeah, I think especially from from my um, my label heads who were there the the whole time. Um, yeah, they were they were beaming. They were very proud, which I was happy with. So speaking of labels, why don't you explain this for the benefit of our listeners that may not understand? Uh, it it's called Next Level, and it's part of an imprint of Outside in Music. How how does that work, or what what is Next Level? So outside of music, uh, I'm I'm paired with two labels. So I'm I'm with Blue Collar Records, and they were very very helpful towards the beginning with uh, funding, getting all the logistics great for for recording. Very supportive people. And then post production or after the recording, I'm sorry, after the recording, um, we added outside of music or, or next level to help us kind of get off the ground. Like like I said before, Blue Collar, this is their first project. Um and, and next level are well known in the in the jazz community for funding and uh, jazz artists in uh New York. They have definitely planned ahead and, and it has shown. So it's been wonderful working with them. So in assembling the album tracks itself, the opener of this just kicks it right off with a big bang and you, you throw it right out there on a tune called Right on Red. Tell us about that one. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I wrote Right on Red uh, in high school when I was a junior for a, I think it was... Um, an assignment, actually, um, and uh, we were kind of talking about modal music in, in our jazz improv class, and um, I had this this whole other complicated tune ready, and it was it was something like one of those things where you write something so complicated that you can't play it. So the the night before the assignment was due, we had like two weeks to do this. I totally crammed out this this just really simple motif um, that was right on red and uh, we went in and we played it and um, Brianna Crockett was in that class as well and she's in the band now and um, it was just such a, a it's such a fun tune to play I had just a wonderful connection with with Brianna during the recording process. I remember looking over to her 
and and smiling and i think she was thinking the same thing of like two years ago we were in a high school playing this and now we're recording it and it, it sounds amazing and it's it's a it is a a chart of of growth of musical growth it started out as a um tune for a combo and um now it's a it's a big bench chart <laughs> well i'll tell you it, it's great because uh, it's a good choice, first of all, to put that on the album as the opener because once you hear that, the hook is in. Take me along for the ride. I'm in. Uh, and from there, it just goes on and on. Uh, there's uh, seven tracks in all. Uh, the Ride on Red is followed by an interesting uh, grouping. Uh, maybe I'm wrong on this, but uh, the assessment I had was you had the gospel interlude and then you had the gospel. What's the assemblage of that in terms of an interlude called the gospel and then the gospel? So that started initially out as, as one chart called the gospel, and it started the same way as gospel interlude began, but in between there was a minute, a, a full minute of free time within the rhythm section that... Um, um, transferred into the gospel and gospel interlude is a um, an arrangement of uh, prayer by by Miles Davis off of the Porgy and Bess album um, and that that features Callan Hannis on trumpet. Yeah, it's just a, a really, really sweet and powerful two and a half minutes of, of music that that translate and translates into the next chart. Well, it, it really is. I, I I love the music. It's it's fantastic. And uh, then uh, later in the uh, track listing, uh, there's a couple of your own compositions. Uh, one uh, which you mentioned earlier was Echelon and then Sterility. Tell us about Echelon. Sure. Um, so I, I wrote Echelon um, at the the height of the pandemic. Um, I think March and April of of 2020, um, when everything shut down. At that time, I was a senior in high school. It was the second half of the year, so you know I was looking forward to doing all of the cool uh, senior things like prom, and we had a senior trip, and it, it was all um, just taken away. And I, I was having trouble grieving um, the, the loss of, of my year. And I was also, like everyone else, <laughs> terrified. We didn't know where society was headed. We didn't know if this would be a two-week vacation or, you know, two years later, it's still happening. So um, Echelon is a, a chart about grief, grieving the loss of what society was. And, and I... I, I call it Echelon 
it's it's named after the formation that geese make in the sky when they they travel. That V formation is called an echelon. And I, I kind of viewed the world and um, everyone as as those geese traveling together. And we didn't necessarily know where society was headed, and we didn't know uh, how bad this would get. But we were all kind of going in the same direction together. So that, that, is, that is echelon. And then uh, there is sterility. And sterility, uh, from what I understand, was put together uh, alongside a click track. Do you want to describe that for us? Absolutely. Um, sterility was written <laughs> also during the pandemic. Um, this is a little, I was a little bit more seasoned as a, someone who's been in quarantine. And sterility was written about virtual music. So at that time, uh, I was going to Rutgers University, completely virtual. So I was, it was class from my bedroom. And I was a part of all of these virtual big bands, virtual theater productions. It was just constantly, I was sitting in my room alone, recording um, into this microphone. <laughs> um, and it got very draining, having to record along to a click track, having everything line up perfectly to that click track it almost felt like my musical freedom was taken away because everything had to it was music under a microscope basically everything had to be so perfect that once you know you heard the final product the music sounds sterile because everything is so so perfect you know and and uh, so sterility is um an expression of of that anger and frustration and you know, it, it starts out with a, a very metric motif on the piano, um, and that's symbolic of a metronome of a click track. There are times in um, the recording where you can hear the metronome that we use, which I think is really cool. We, I think that was one of the only tunes we used a click track for. Um, I conducted everything else. But 
Yes, the metronome. Uh, Jade Elliott plays a an iwi solo. An iwi is an electronic wind instrument. It looks like a cool clarinet, um, and that's to kind of symbolize um, the takeover of of technology in that musical world during the the pandemic. And the ending of Sterility is just a a very large expression of that grief and anger. And it ends on that just like huge tritone. So it's, it's such an unresolved chord and it ends so suddenly because we're still going through this and we're still trying to figure our way out. Yes, I'm very, very proud of Sterility. <laughs> so you've made your way out, obviously. You've broken the bond uh, and you've been set free and you set this release out to the world. So what what's going to happen at this point? Uh, first of all, everybody that's in the ensemble, in the big band, are they all from different parts of the country or are they all close to you? Most of the band uh, are located in New York. I think for the recording process, we had two fly out from California. Uh, we had a few from Boston, a few from Illinois, one from Florida. But mainly uh, everyone is in the New York Philly, New Jersey area. How old is the oldest member of the group? Um, well, my, my sister is the singer. <laughs> uh, she is 29. Uh, Gina and Haley are um, in, in our trombone section. They're both uh, 20, 28 or 29, I believe. I, you can, totally could not tell who was what age in that room. It was amazing. Our, our youngest at that time uh, was 17. Uh, still in high school, and she she would talk to to Gina and Haley, and just like colleagues, and it was it was great. Any plans at this point, now that the uh, release is a reality, of putting all of you together and taking it on the road or performing it somewhere in debut? Sure. Um, two days after the release, uh, we're playing at Birdland in in New York. So I'm very excited for that. And um, yes, I, I would love to play it with them as much as possible. I mean, leading a big band is a, a huge undertaking, but the, the, it's such a payoff just, just playing with them. Um, that's, yeah, I, 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 love, I love this band. I, I, I would love to tour tour with them or, or, or you know play play other shows. So we'll see what comes out of Birdland. <laughs> so they're all open to that. In other words, if it happens or is presented to you as an offer, you you would probably do something. Absolutely, absolutely. So Thank now you. that you've done this, Grace, uh, in getting back to the album, uh, you were quoted as saying, as a woman in this industry, oftentimes you're afraid of being discriminated against based on gender. Do you think you have your credibility now with this release and what you've done? Yeah, I mean, I don't... <laughs> I don't know how to answer that because I, I am young and I recognize that. And I recognize that I have a lot more work to do with my musicianship. Um, so being at Manhattan School of Music, I haven't come across any kind of bad um, energy from from anyone in the in the jazz program, which I'm very fortunate um, of. But yes, I mean, I'm I'm very I'm very proud of 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 what I've 
been able to do um, in the past year. Yes. <laughs> sure. Well, you obviously uh, are a group of people that are on the rise, and there's there's no question about it. And I'm sure you will grab the attention of the music world, and presumably and hopefully take it by storm. Mm -hmm. What else is on the horizon? I mean, I know you're still 19, so there's much ahead of you in, in terms of life experience, but are you still studying? You're at Manhattan School of Music, as you mentioned. Are you focusing more on uh, playing or composition, arrangement? Well, I, I just I just joined, um, I just started studying at this school this spring semester uh, as a transfer student. So what, what that means for me, my, my schedule is crazy right now. Um, trying to make up credits. Um, I'm in like every ensemble, so I'm constantly playing. I'm definitely focused right now more on my playing, although I, th that doesn't mean that I'm not focused on writing because I am writing a lot as well. But I think for now, um, especially until the end of this um, school year, I am focusing on my studies and, and trying to get my degree. Um, of course, this Berlin show is very exciting, and um, I'm definitely putting my energy into that. But for now, I, I kind of need to do the 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 dirty work of school. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, it's it's quite a commitment, uh, no matter what you're studying or, or where you are, because it takes a lot of your time and energy to uh, be educated in whatever discipline uh, comes your way or by choice. So would you be open at this point to maybe collaborating with others, uh, be it a mixed group like men and women, or do you want to stick just with a an all-female ensemble uh, sort of setting? I don't know if I have an answer for you. I I've been thinking about that a lot um, because a, a lot of my colleagues here have come up to me and, and, and said, I would love to play in your band. What are your, what are your feelings about that? And like, I, I was thinking, man, it, you're my good friend. You would be the only man in the band. Like I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still kind of thinking about that. I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm leaning more towards, I don't have a problem with it. You know, if, if I know them and, I don't I don't have a, a solid answer for you right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. So maybe for right now at least, uh, this is your jazz treehouse and no boys allowed. God, I, I don't, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, because I'm sure you will be chased by the boys and uh, there will be other people, female as well, that will all want to be a part of this uh, thing that you've put together called the Grace sure. Fox Big Band. Sure. And I, I, I will say that I I am very happy with the, the personal uh, in, in the band right now. Um, I, I hope that that's kind of a solid thing because um, I, I wouldn't change anything right now. Any plans uh, or, or sort of little glimmers of, uh, of light shining saying, hmm, maybe it's time for us to start looking at another project. Same group, another project. Sure. Um, um, yeah, I mean, 
there are some things that I've talked about with um, the the label. Um, Just the problem is it is so expensive. (laughs) Big bands are so expensive, and that's why no one has a big band. Um, So if the opportunity uh, presents itself, I'm uh, 100% into doing it again, even though it was the most stressful thing I've ever done. I would do it again and again. And I'm hoping you will, because it's that fantastic. Thank you. So in the meantime, how would people learn more about the Grace Fox Band and about Grace Fox? Well, I'm, I'm very um, active on social media, especially um, Instagram. My Instagram handle is my name, Grace Fox, T-R-P-T. Um, and I post um, every update <laughs> uh, through, through that feed. Um, we're in the process of putting together a website. So once that is done most of the information will also be on there but yeah just definitely very active on on um, social media great well this has been fantastic and i i i suspect that uh, one day i'll be able to say i knew her when oh thank you (laughs) well i i will tell you uh, grace this has been a supreme pleasure to have this conversation with you about yourself and your music And I wish you all the best. And we, at this point, will call you one of our rising stars for the future and look out for Grace Fox and the Grace Fox Big Band. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of All That's Jazz with trumpeter, composer, arranger, and band leader, Grace Fox. We'd like to thank Ben Sedrin for the use of Mr. P's Shuffle as our theme song. And visit us again next time for another interesting conversation on All That's Jazz. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating on the streaming service you use. All That's Jazz is available on every major streaming app, including Podbean, Apple Podcast, and Spotify, as well as Facebook and online at allthatsjazz.net.